Welcome to the Truly Nourish Podcast. My name is Rebecca Laurel Hill. I'm a registered dietitian, nutritionist, and life wellness expert. This podcast has one mission, to help women break free from dieting and overeating patterns and transform how they nourish themselves in body, mind, and soul. Each episode, we dive into teachings and tools that will help you find more peace and freedom with food, more enjoyment living in and caring for your body, and more happiness and fulfillment in your life overall. Thank you for being here. Let's get started. Hello, beautiful listeners. Today we are talking about exercise, and I want to talk about exercise for a couple of reasons. First, I believe that many people have a problematic relationship with exercise as a result of our diet culture and also the heavy marketing of the diet and fitness industry. And in fact, I would say that from my personal opinion, that that the majority of people in our society only relate to exercise as a means to burn calories, to lose weight, or to change the appearance of their body. And I feel like this is so toxic from both an individual perspective, but also a societal perspective, because movement and exercise have such a greater and deeper value than just the superficial aspect of changing one's physical appearance. And because of this, I think many people relate to exercise as punishment or as hard work or as uncomfortable or as drudgery in some way. And also as something that one should do, but never really wants to do. And another thing is I think people assign a moral value to exercise just like they do with food. Because we know from the influence of diet culture and also the marketing of the food and nutrition industry that most people have this idea that there is good food and bad food and that there is right food to eat and wrong food to eat. And then extending from that belief, people will internally label themselves as a good or bad person based on how they eat, such as, oh, I'm so bad because I ate those french fries or whatever it might be. And then because of that, people can attach this feeling of shame or guilt to their eating as well. But none of this is true and none of this is needed and and this is a problem Because there is no good food or bad food because, first of all, we cannot ascribe an identity to food. We can't label it as good or bad because who gets to decide that? Who is the end-all, be-all authority that gets to decide this is good and this is bad? There isn't one. I mean, some people try to say it's the nutrition industry, but... There cannot be an authority on what is good and what is bad food except for the person who is eating the food because we are all so unique. We all have unique tastes and preferences and we all have unique bodies and physiologies. And the way that our bodies use food and metabolize food and react to food are all different. And what is a good food for one person could be a terrible food for another. Case in point, Someone could label peanuts as a good food, but what about the person with a peanut allergy? Are peanuts a good food for that person? So a similar thing happens with exercise. 
because of our dieting culture and the superficial relationship that many people have developed with exercise. They might tell themselves that they're lazy or unmotivated or a bad person because they don't do a certain gym routine or because they don't exercise in a specific way or because they don't exercise like so-and-so does or because they don't exercise the way that fitness guru said or because they think that they're not doing enough based on maybe how many calories the exercise machine said they have burned or not burned and so on and so on. And people start to tell themselves that they're bad or not good enough in some way based on what they have learned from the dieting culture that we live in and also from that marketing of the fitness industry. And then another thing is because of the strong tie that's made between exercise and weight loss, people will only exercise as a means of weight loss or weight management. And then exercise starts to feel like, well, I better or else I better do it or else I'll gain so much weight. And then exercise starts to feel like punishment and it becomes motivated by fear and anxiety and is used as a way to control the body instead of as a way of living in our body and loving our body. So Instead of exercise being this loving thing that we do for ourselves and our bodies, it becomes this fear-driven activity that we only do because we are so scared of weight gain if we don't. And so our only motivation for exercise can be to calm our anxiety over our bodies and our body image. And then there are also people who become exercise bulimics like I was, where We can go so deeply into that pit of fat phobia and we can feel so much anxiety over our eating and weight that we have to exercise off every bite that we eat. Now, the second reason I wanted to talk about falling in love with exercise today is because before I developed exercise bulimia in college, I always had a very healthy, enjoyable, and loving relationship with physical activity as a child and as a teenager. And today, I can honestly say that once again, I have a great healthy relationship with exercise. I really love movement in all its forms, and I love to exercise in a balanced and joyful way. And one time last year, someone asked me, Rebecca, what are you just naturally so good at? What is one of your natural gifts that comes easy for you that maybe doesn't come so easily for other people? And I thought about it for a bit. And then exercise was the first thing that came into my mind because my whole life movement and physical activity have been something that are so naturally easy for me to do and to stay committed to. And I really am someone who loves moving my body and I love living in my body. It just it doesn't take effort for me to exercise. I don't always 100% feel like going and doing it, but when I'm doing it, I'm loving it. And it's so easy for me to just stay consistent with it. So I felt like that is one of my gifts. And that's another reason why I wanted to talk about this today because I'm very passionate about this topic. And so I want to give you some of these secrets so that you can first just start to think differently about exercise if you have a challenging relationship with it. And then perhaps shift your perspective about exercise into something that is 
truly positive, truly nourishing. And my hope is that you can start to approach exercise in a way that makes you fall in love with it so that it brings you joy and so that you can take it with you for the rest of your life as a way of life. And I believe the only way to do this is to put self-care and enjoyment at the center of your motivation for exercise instead of it being a form of self-control or of obligation or of self-punishment for eating or for gaining weight. I believe it's essential to derive enjoyment from exercise because first of all, Your time and energy are precious, so you don't want to be wasting them on something you don't enjoy. Also, this is the only way a person will stick with exercise long-term and have it be a regular part of their lifestyle. I also think that having awareness of your body and being attuned to bodily sensations while you're moving your body is very important for knowing when to start and stop exercising, and also the type of exercise to do, rather than just feeling compelled to force yourself to adhere to a rigid program. And it should be about finding instead joy by moving your body. So we want to shift the focus away from external factors like the number of calories burned or body shape or even, you know, what's trending on social media, and instead put all of our focus on the internal factors, namely how exercise makes you feel, such as energized or de-stressed or happy. And enjoyment can look different for everyone, so it's important not to compare yourself to how other people exercise or to blindly jump on the latest fitness bandwagon that might be trending or that you might see on YouTube ads, (laughs) for example. And some people enjoy, you know, traditional forms of movement. I'm typically one of those people. I like all forms of movement. I'll do anything really. But I, I tend to just fall into that type of person who I love walking, hiking, running, swimming, lifting weights, going to the gym, uh, doing exercise machines, things like that. Or it can be exercise videos, streaming an exercise class. Those are kind of what we think of as those traditional forms of movement. While other people need to step off the beaten path and experiment to find out what's most enjoyable for them. Because exercise can be anything that moves your body. You know, it can be rollerblading or skiing or sledding or dancing or surfing or playing frisbee with your dog. You know, there's so many possibilities for exercise. And what is so incredibly helpful is focusing on those internal factors of how different forms of exercise make you feel which are called intrinsic motivators. Because when someone is intrinsically motivated to exercise, they do it for the internal experiences of things like joy, pleasure, satisfaction, and also for other inherent benefits such as improved sleep or relaxation. It's about exercising for wellness and well-being and not for managing your body weight or shape. And this intrinsic motivation is such a key ingredient in building a lifelong habit of movement and exercise. 
And in fact, research shows it might be the strongest predictor for sustaining physical activity long term. And I can also speak from my personal experience that it is the internal benefits I get from exercise that keep me in love with movement and make it so easy for me to be consistent with it each day. Now, the opposite of intrinsic motivation is extrinsic motivation, which is deriving your motivation from ex- uh, to exercise or to do anything from external factors such as the number on the scale or to get praise from others or because you want to avoid some sort of judgment from others. It's a feeling like I'm not good enough and I better do this. Other people might judge me in some way. Those would be types of extrinsic motivators. And another example of an extrinsic motivation is those images you see on social media. They're called fitspiration images that feature bodies that the culture would define as fit or ideal. And in most cases, you will see these images be posted as inspiration to get you to exercise more. However, or, or to go on a specific diet. That's often how we see these pictures. However, there was a study with young women that showed that viewing these types of fitspiration images didn't increase exercise behavior at all. And instead, it led them to feel greater body dissatisfaction and negative moods. So don't be one of those women. If you are, that's okay. But try to move away from being one of those women that only exercises when she sees those before and after photos, you know, these inspiration um, types of photos on social media. Let's instead find these intrinsic reasons for why you want to exercise. And other research shows that exercising for intrinsic reasons is associated with better body image and more healthy eating and food behaviors. So exercising for enjoyment and for well-being while listening to what your body loves and what you love as an individual person can help you foster a much more healthy relationship with your body and with yourself as a person. So it's time to start thinking about exercise differently and to view movement as a form of self-care instead of a form of self-control. And this is a very, very powerful shift. And as a simple example, you know, this could look like taking a brisk, refreshing walk in the morning after a night out with your friends instead of, you know, walking or running on the treadmill to burn off the calories you ate that night. Okay. Just a simple example of how that shift looks. And it's also about allowing how your body feels to guide your exercise choices instead of following a rigid regimen despite how your body feels. So this new way of viewing exercise invites you to ask, how can I use movement to care for my body instead of how can I use movement to control my body or how can I you know, use movement to change my body or to lose weight? We want to get away from that. And this means becoming more attuned to your body by paying close attention to how your body feels before, during, and after exercise, and then responding accordingly. 
It's moving your body for pleasure and the feeling of satisfaction you get from movement instead of enduring pain or doing it to punish yourself. And as I alluded to earlier, many people believe exercise needs to be painful or difficult to be effective, but this is so not true and it's often counterproductive because first of all, it could cause injury, but also how motivating is it to do something that feels painful or too strenuous? You never want to do it. You're going to dread exercising. It has to be something instead that you look forward to. So start to think about how you can de-emphasize using exercise for weight loss or appearance and instead emphasize your focus on the other exercise-related benefits such as improved mood or better sleep or reduced stress levels and more happiness or improved bone health, skeletal health or reduced risk of chronic disease or less depression because all of these are some of the many benefits of regular physical activity. Also, research shows that people who engage in regular exercise tend to have a better body image and they tend to approve of and appreciate their bodies more and they tend to feel more confident in their bodies even with little or no change in their physical appearance. And in episode 13, I talked about why being thinner or changing your body can't make you happier and it's because how you feel starts on the inside. It's an inside thing. It comes from how you think and what you believe. It comes from your attitude, from your perspectives in life. How you feel doesn't come from anything on the outside of you. Our circumstances, which could include our size or shape or weight of our body, do not determine how we feel. How we feel comes from how we think and how we relate to whatever is in our environment. And so this study um, that I mentioned a moment ago is an example of how enjoying living in your body through movement can change your happiness level about your body without your body needing to change. Because you start to relate to your body differently. You start to think about your body differently and then how you feel about it changes. So now to summarize, here are the four secrets to help you fall in love with exercise. The first is to discover some of your intrinsic motivators for exercise. So start to ask yourself things like, how did I like to move my body as a child? What activities did I like? Because often these activities that we loved as children were driven by intrinsic um, motivation. And then they can be fun to try again as adults. You know, this could be things like hula hooping or playing a sport or jumping on a trampoline. It's just a way to start to expand your thinking about what exercise could be for you that would be enjoyment for you. And if you aren't sure, you know, if you don't come up with anything that you enjoy or that from the pa- from your past reference experience, then you need to start to experiment with new activities to find what it is. Start to get on the Google and just think, look at things about hobbies and activities. You know, and it, it can be more of a traditional form of exercise as well. But just you know, that's what this first thing is to 
find your intrinsic motivation to foster that and to connect to physical activity um, in a way that is around well-being and health instead of weight loss. And here I can share that for myself, one of my intrinsic motivators for going to the gym and lifting weights and maintaining my muscle strength is for doing yard work. You know, I I just generally love to go to the gym. I'm one of those people that does. Um, But especially now that I'm in my 40s, I I have uh, yard work that I have to do. And the way that my yard is in this current place that I'm living, it's manual labor. And if I, I can't really use machines to do it. And if I don't work my muscles regularly, I get sore doing my yard work and I feel really weak and exhausted doing it and I hate feeling that way. So that is one of my reasons why I love to lift weights because when I do lift weights, I notice that it makes my yard work so much easier and more enjoyable and I feel like I can get it done faster, more efficiently and all that. Now, the second secret to falling in love with exercise is to expand your definition of exercise because exercise does not mean going to the gym. It does not mean running a 5K and those sorts of things. And I also think it's helpful to use the term movement instead of exercise to remember that all types of body movement count as physical activity. Movement can include gardening, dancing, housework, taking the stairs instead of the elevator, parking further away from the store entrance, taking hourly breaks and mini walks when you're sitting at your desk working all day, which I call movement snacks. And I will actually probably take a movement snack after I record this podcast. Um, So start to think about exercise in a new way. It doesn't mean running, swimming, biking, the traditional weightlifting, circuit training, you know, all the things that we've learned from the fitness industry, which are wonderful, and there's nothing wrong with them, but if you don't enjoy them, then they're not for you. So do things that you can fit into your schedule that you enjoy and that feel good for your well-being, but also for your body and for your energy. The third secret is to make satisfaction the focus. So exercise should feel good. So this doesn't mean that it's never, ever challenging. It can be challenging, but challenging in a way that feels good. So ask yourself, this is really important, what positive feelings you want to derive from your exercise? Maybe it's more energy or Maybe it's relaxation or, you know, like de-stressing or just to have fun. So how can you have fun exercising or how could you feel more relaxed from exercising? You know, in that um, regard, it could be yoga or something like kayaking or canoeing or walking in nature or even maybe just walking on the treadmill in a way that feels both relaxing and energizing. You know, maybe it's walking on the treadmill while you listen to wonderful music or while you listen to this podcast. You know, it really can look so many different ways, but satisfaction and enjoyment should be the focus and what you're aiming for. 
The fourth secret to falling in love with exercise for the rest of your life is to cultivate a mind-body connection. So this is about following your body's cues and connecting your mind and body through what they call mindful awareness. And if you are someone who is used to powering through your workouts regardless of how your body feels, then a mindful approach to exercise might feel foreign to you. It might feel a little bit uncomfortable based on who you are right now. So just start to ask yourself, how am I feeling right now before you begin to exercise? And then you can make a mental note or you know, keep an exercise journal or something like that. And then also ask yourself, how do I feel after? And you want to feel good before and after. Good before meaning like you're looking forward to doing it. You're not injured and forcing yourself to exercise and those types of things, right? And then feeling good after means you want to feel more energized than you do depleted and exhausted. So those are things to start to notice and then make adjustments over time based on what you're learning by being in connection with your body and by being aware of how your body's responding to movement. And another suggestion is to adapt your routine in response to your body's cues and to ask yourself also from a mental and emotional perspective, did I choose exercise or or, excuse me did the chosen exercise evoke my desired feelings this is really I would say my core secret to maintaining my consistency with exercise and my love for exercise is this is kind of what I have always naturally done am I getting the benefit that I want from it intrinsic benefit Am I loving this? Is it bringing me pleasure and joy? Is it energizing me? Do I feel lit up after I'm done doing it? And if the answer is no, I it's like it's a no-brainer like, well, I'm not going to do that anymore. So I just stay with what evokes those sorts of feelings for me. And that is I would say for me personally the main thing that keeps me in love with exercise. So you know, if you happen to be doing things in form in the form of movement and you're not receiving those sorts of feelings that you desire, then the next time experiment with something different. You know, this could be as simple as swapping a treadmill for a park trail or trading a circuit workout for a walk with a friend, which m- maybe would serve your body and mind better. And it can mean mixing it up. You know, that's another thing, having variety, because maybe sometimes you do want to do that gym workout, but then maybe there's days where, you know, I just want to go walk in nature. It's giving yourself that permission to just have it be fun and enjoyable and nourishing, right? Rather than depleting, like, oh, I have to do this to burn calories and I got to lose weight. And that's what we must get away from. So, You always get to decide what works best for you and what serves your well-being the most because that is how a truly nourished woman lives. So this is about cultivating habits that not only feel good, but that are also flexible 
and enjoyable enough to last you a lifetime. Thank you for being here today. And if you find the podcast valuable, please do leave a review either on iTunes or wherever you listen and share with family or friends who might benefit. I always appreciate the support in getting this message out there to more people. Also, stay tuned for the announcement of my newest course that I'm going to be offering. This course will teach you the skill of eating from within by learning how to truly hear and then honor your body's natural hunger hunger and fullness cues. This is how we were all born and designed to eat. And when we relearn this skill, it allows you to end chronic overeating and dieting and also overcome those feelings of food fear and weight obsession. Instead, you come in harmony with your body, your mind, and your soul. And it allows you to find your true power around food, which is not only going to give you peace and well-being, but also give you the ability to lose weight or maintain your weight naturally without food rules, without food anxiety, without specific food plans, without omitting foods, without feeling deprived mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, which can happen when we overeat and diet and overeat and diet, or it could, you know, restrict Diet can look so many different ways. For me, it was overeat and overexercise. Everyone has their own pattern of overeat and diet. But this course will be the essential step, that initial step that is required to really find your freedom with food and be able to eat with ease, eat with peace, eat with freedom, the way nature intended. Until next time, much love. Are you a woman who wants to end cycles of overeating and dieting so that you can experience greater health and well-being, more peace and freedom around food, more vibrancy and more feelings of joy and confidence in your body? If so, I have a comprehensive self-study course called Food Freedom Body Bliss, where you can learn step-by-step how to create just that. Go to RebeccaLaurelHill.com forward slash FFBB to learn more.